what prompted me to run for chair of the Michigan Republican Party is the fact that the, Michigan has become ground zero for the globalist takeover of the United States of America. That is a fact. My own county, we have an ESG compliance officer, and the World Economic Forum has two offices in Michigan. And our ESG compliance officer has UN Agenda 2030 logos and lettering and goals on our official county documents. So this is why Michigan is so significant. This is why Michigan matters to America. If we don't get our country, if we don't get our state into shape, our kids will inherit tyranny. That is a fact. Look at the trajectory of our state. We have known traitors like Joe Biden. Joe Biden needs to be impeached. This is unbelievable that this man is occupying. He's an illegitimate president, for number one. But it's amazing that he's occupying that office. This is what we're dealing with. And this is not me being emotional and dramatic and trying to just rally the troops. These are facts. These are facts that these people's actions are consistent with people who have one agenda, and that is to intentionally implode the United States of America. Key swing state replaces that GOP chair and other election stuff. Welcome back to Truth Thursday here on the Rob Mano on TV Live. And welcome to our X Spaces Simulcast live audience. We're great to have you guys over there. Cat's the host today. Uh, look forward to your questions. Well, Michigan Republicans elected former Ambassador Pete Hoekstra as the new state chairman in a what seemed to be a contentious bid to replace Christina Caramo, who you just saw there last week. As we see from that opening video, she seems to say all the right things. So what the heck was wrong with her? Well, even former President Donald Trump said in an endorsement statement of Hoekstra, I look forward to working with Ambassador Pete Hoekstra as chairman of the Republican Party of Michigan. He is a winner who was a great congressman from Michigan and likewise did a fantastic job as ambassador to the Netherlands. Pete will make the Republican Party of Michigan great again, close quote. Well, former presidential candidate Perry Johnson said, and I quote, this is incredible news for the GOP. Pete Hoekstra has the knowledge, wisdom, and political acumen across the finish line, both during the primary and general elections that will take place later this year, close quote. My guest today is that man, Perry Johnson. Mr. Johnson is a self-made businessman who has created more than 80 companies worldwide after he developed the quality control methodology that helped save the American auto industry. Uh, Mr. Johnson, welcome to the Rob Manus Show, and thanks for running for president. Uh, I like to thank uh, folks that are political candidates. I've done it myself, and that's a that's a really uh, kind of dirty arena to step into, uh, it, but it's good to see that you came out okay. <laughs> yes. Well, thank you. So, I guess my first question, sir, is uh, and why I queued that video up uh, of uh, the former GOP chair. Now, I believe she's a former at this point, uh, is uh, really what, what was going on with her that led to this need to go ahead and move forward with a new chairman uh, when we're what, you know, eight months out, nine months out from general election day? Well, there are two issues. The first issue you have is that we have to have a situation where the RNC can actually help the cause. To do that, they need money. And we are now $600,000 in debt, and there's $70,000 in the bank. Well, that isn't going to work. We spent a lot of money in the conference that they had at Mackinac, and we had very low attendance, probably as low attendance as we've ever had, and our coffers are very, very low. 
So you need to have someone that has the ability to go out there and get money for the RNC. And then number two, we need to unite the party. This state is very, very critical. But we have to understand this election is going to be close. And in order for us to win this, we have to be in a position where we unite the Republicans. Let's get behind the effort. And we need someone who can do it. And I think Pete can do both. Yeah, uh, I think he can, too. I've had him on this show uh, a few months ago uh, and, uh, you know, I followed him for a long time uh, as a congressman. And, uh, you know, I don't agree with everything any every congressman does, but uh, Pete Hoekstra seemed to be pretty much on course uh, with what the base of the Republican Party uh, believes is next, uh, America first policies uh, and those kind of things uh, uh, and uh, getting control of the budget. Uh, but you're right. I mean, we've got to have somebody uh, that can raise some money, uh, a lot of it. Uh, and of course, a former congressman uh, should be able to do that. Uh, but at the same time, uh, can get the base to come out and vote because the base is a make America great again, America first base now uh, in the Republican Party. And there seems to be a uh, still a lot of contention between the leadership and the base. Will, will Pete uh, uh, help with that? I think he will, but I just want to get your opinion as somebody from Michigan uh, that's deep in this. Absolutely. Uh, in fact, obviously, you have a lot of people that thought so, which is the reason that he is currently in that position. We have somebody that we think can bring everybody together, or at least the vast majority of the people together, because nobody ever agrees on one thing. You have issues, and you have to try to get people to bend a little, and then coalesce so that we can defeat Biden. Nobody's going to dispute uh, what Christina said. We, we want to get Biden out of office. Nobody's going to dispute the fact that we want to try to do a better job all the way around. We'd like to get the Republican elected uh, as a senator in the state. We have to see what we can do to try to increase our majority in the Congress, because right now we're down to three, four seat majority, and we'd like to be at a 30 or 40 seat majority at the House. So let's see what we can do to try to galvanize on our own spirit, recognizing that if you take a look at approval ratings, I don't know that we've had a president that's had this approval rating as low as it is since Jimmy Carter. Oh, absolutely. It's at historic lows. Uh, uh, and uh, and uh, President Trump weighed in on this. Uh, uh, I, I'm sure you're talking to him regularly since you've endorsed him after you dropped out of the race and everything. Uh, what's the, what's your sense of uh, how much effort the campaign's going to put into Michigan? Because you know, like I said in my title, key swing state. Uh, you know, we talked before well, we get there. Uh, it's key, key, key state. And let's face it, President Trump is a workhorse. And he worked mm -hmm. assiduously when we won back in 16. It was only because of his last minute efforts late at night that he got this huge crowd to come out and he had this magnificent show that may have swung the election because he's willing to work to the last minute. You're not going to see that kind of assiduity, that kind of work effort from Biden. But Trump will get out there and he will work his tail off. And people have to ask themselves, are they better off today than they were under Trump? And you'll see a huge 
number of people that will just say, hey, heck no. Let's take a look at the world. The world's in chaos right now. We have a situation yeah. going on in the Ukraine. It's a disaster. We have a situation going on in the Middle East. That's a disaster. And now we have three Americans that were killed, and it looks like Iran may be involved. So the world order is at risk. And that doesn't even take into account the potential problem we could have over there in Taiwan. And when you have a strong leader like Trump, you have a much safer world. When you have a weak leader like Biden, it encourages problems like this because the leader of the free world does not seem very strong, doesn't often even know where he's at, has difficulty shaking hands. This is a person that from one moment to the next isn't even aware of the city he might be in. So we have to have somebody strong as the leader of the free world, and we will certainly have that in President Trump. Absolutely. Well, let's go over to our uh, live audience and take a question over there. We've got some hands up. Uh, go ahead, Kat. First question for Mr. Johnson. Go ahead, Whip. Mr. Johnson, thank you for showing up. Colonel, thank you for having the show. Uh, Mr. Johnson, today is Truth Thursday, so I'm going to hit you with some truth here. I have lost all faith in the Republican infrastructure uh, right up to Ron McDaniel. And I, my money, my, my discretionary funds that I can give to candidates, is uh, I have to, I, I will give to candidates, I will not give to Republic, the Republican Party. And what do you see uh, going forward down the road as being, how do we fix that? How, you know, it's, just, it's much like our distrust in the FBI. How do Republicans build back trust in the Republican Party? Well, you have to have good leadership. Uh, you're talking to the wrong person when you're talking about the RNC, because as many people know, we, set up, we spent all this money to get on the debate stage. You hit the parameters, and then they decide to disqualify all these polls. Now, how you can disqualify the McLaughlin poll, disqualify the victory strategic poll it amazes me they disqualified the caravan poll and one poll after another they disqualified so i wasn't exactly happy myself so you're not talking to a guy that's sitting there jumping up and down with the rnc i will tell you this that i love this country and i am a republican so i'm going to get behind the republicans to see what we can do to win this election and i know that in this particular case, we need the RNC of Michigan. I know I can trust Pete Hoekstra, and I'm going to do whatever I can to try to galvanize the troops so that we can have a commonality in removing Biden from office. And let it, let's elect somebody who can do a good job for running this country. And I don't think Biden is the man. So I think Trump has done a good job in the past. We take a look at all these things. We even have Jamie Dimon commenting on some of the great things that were done. And let's face it, Diamond is no Republican. <laughs> he is a staunch Democrat. <laughs> so you've got a situation where even the people on the other side of the fence realize that Trump did an awful lot of good things. So 
I want to make sure that he gets reelected. And I also want to make sure that we try to get a Republican who can get the Senate so we can start doing something to take over the Senate and to increase our majority in the House. So I will be wholeheartedly beyond the RNC mission. But I think I think uh, to to uh, to further answer the question, uh, Perry, uh, you you choosing to be involved, much like me, when I ran for U.S. Senate, the Republican Party had their horse, even though it wasn't an incumbent that they wanted to go, and they and they did played every trick in the book, uh, including disqualifying polls and and doing push polls to make the numbers look bad or. Uh, those kind of things to keep me off the debate stage the second time because the first time I was on the debate stage uh, and uh, and darn near pushed their favorite former Democrat Republican out of the race uh, over in Louisiana and the second time I ran uh, they made sure that they kept me off the debate stage and uh, uh, and that's the same kind of Republican tricks that uh, that people are frustrated. but they're all really frustrated and in, in, in Wibb's comment there is his question was really voicing the frustration that I hear all the time because I'm talking to people in the base of the Republican Party uh, and they're just really frustrated at a, at a policy level. Uh, things like voting for this big spending bill, I think that just happened either la late last night or yesterday that increases the welfare state, you know, and, and keeps illegal aliens uh, on the welfare rolls and those kind of things. You know, we're $34 trillion in debt right now. Yeah. That means that the interest on this debt is approaching $1 trillion. And for the first time in history, we're spending more on the interest on our debt than we are in national defense. Now, this is absurd. And it's nuts. When the, they introduced this Inflation Reduction Act, it was absurd. Because all it did was cause inflation. You can't have the government throwing all this money out there. Uh, you're going to have... $7,500 extra for buying an electric car and nobody's doing anything for it. The $7,500 is going over there to China because they're the ones building the batteries. And that's the biggest component we have in the car. It's certainly the most expensive one. And we're doing all this. Yeah. And, and how can this be in reducing inflation? So they, we are nutty when it comes to spending. And it's very easy to spend somebody else's money. I say, why don't you just give me all your money and then I'll tell you how to spend it. And that's the philosophy. And that's why people don't trust the Republican leadership because the elected leaders uh, keep doing that. Well, when we come back from this break, sir, we'll hear from Pete Hoekstra himself in the, in the uh, cold opening video. Uh, and then we'll continue this discussion because uh, the spending is a major issue for MAGA Republicans that want to go out and vote and want to help the Republican Party. Uh, but really have a hard time doing it. I'm Rob Manus with Perry Johnson, live on Patriot TV and X Spaces. We'll be right back. The world is about to shift. Banks are going cashless globally with the emergence of central bank digital currency, which will bring with it programmable money and the ability to turn on or off your purchasing power based on your digital social profile. It's like the equivalent of spyware in your bank account. You need to get out of the system with the world's safest and most private assets, silver and gold. Call Kirk Elliott, Ph.D. at 877-547-5743. That's 877-KIRK-PHD.
We are here to defend democracy for the people. Well, as the new chair of Michigan's Republican Party, Pete Hoekstra hopes to unify and regain control. State committee members called for the removal of former chair Christina Caramo after a year of leadership plagued by debt and infighting. News 10's Amaya Kuznicki is joining us live from our newsroom with more on where things stand tonight. Hi. And right now, Christina Caramo is claiming that she is the rightful chair of the Michigan Republican Party. When I asked Hoekstra how he felt about that, he says doesn't bother him as he knows this is a difficult time for Karamo. We're looking forward, not back. It's all about unifying the party, putting in place the structure, raising the funds, and winning that November election. In election, Pete Hoekstra says it's vital for the Republican Party. Uh, we're going to elect a president. We're going to elect a, a new senator from Michigan. We are, uh, we've got competitive House of Representatives seats in Washington, and we've got the state house here in Michigan. Hookstra says current committee members asked for the removal of former chair Christina Caramo because they weren't confident in her leadership or success in the upcoming election. And so they said, you know, we need to create this foundation. We, we need to get this work done. It hasn't happened in 13 months. We only got nine months left uh, to make it happen. We need new leadership. According to the Detroit News, lawyers for the Republican National Committee say Karama was properly removed from her post. However, they were unable to rule whether Karama or Hoekstra was officially the state party's leader. Having the opportunity to serve, serve the people in, in Michigan, uh, represent our country, what, a, what an awesome opportunity. I mean, where else can you say that? Setting goals for the future with a lawsuit looming that will determine who will run the party. We want to make sure that I am recognized as the rightful chair of the Michigan Republican Party. Also giving him access to party accounts, both social and financial. I think that we very much can unite behind uh, an agenda and then, and then the politics of personality. They can come back the day after the election, but not now. We did reach out to former chairwoman Christina Caramo for comment on the statement that was made by lawyers for the Republican National Committee, and we have yet to hear back. Caramo will be back in court next Tuesday for an evidentiary hearing. We'll make sure to update you both on air and online as soon as we know more. But for now, live in the newsroom, Amaya Kaznicki, Ted. Welcome back to the Rob Mana Show on Patriot.tv Live. Here we're discussing uh, the replacement of the Michigan GOP chairwoman uh, uh, with uh, former presidential candidate and uh, uh, highly successful businessman, Perry Johnson. Sir, uh, uh, you know, Pete, as you and I talked about in the first segment, I mean, he is, he is uh, hitting all the marks because uh, he understands how this business works uh, and everything. Uh, and the question is, can people like you and I and even Christina uh, come together uh, and unify until the election's over so that we can put our resources and our efforts uh, into getting a great senator elected from Michigan, you know, increasing our congressional majority and getting Donald Trump back in the White House? Well, we better. 
we have to galvanize and say, hey, enough's enough. Let's change things. And the only way this is going to happen is if we get together as a team. Let's face it. We had the Lions over there. They had a real good year until the end. And bottom line is they were working as a team. I need. I think we need to work as a team as well because it is that connection and us all working together that can make this happen. But let's try to forget our differences and let's do what we need to do. And it starts, of course, we have to have money. We have to have the ability to support other people. And without that ability, it makes it very difficult. Because let's face it, there is no money coming from anywhere other than the money that's donated. So you have to have somebody who is an RNC chair who has the ability to raise money and has connections with people who will give money. And that is just absolutely vital. Yeah, yeah, sir, it is. Uh, uh, brings up the question to my mind, and maybe you're involved in some of these, uh, you know, closed uh, door conversations with the high dollar donors, especially. Uh, you know, uh, I know Congressman Hostra uh, has a good fundraising base in his own right. Uh, and the Michigan Republican Party uh, does, too. You know, Ronald McDaniel, I, uh, you know, Steve Bannon just said this morning that, I, that he didn't think Trump would have won uh, uh, without McDaniel being the chairwoman of the Michigan GOP in 2016. Uh, but but we do have this certain, you know, section of the Republican donor class that uh is really anti Donald Trump. Are you are you in uh, any conversations with folks like that, or do you plan to be uh, to uh, try to bring them along? Because you know we need every shoulder to the wheel. Uh, you know, I mean, uh, you and I talking to the base like we're talking today uh, with folks in this uh, live audience. Uh, that's only part of it to get them bring them along. But everybody's got to get in onto this train, so to speak. Uh, not to invoke the Trump train, but. Uh, I've endorsed him too. Well, a lot of people are coming along. You know, when, when push comes to shove, people recognize that no matter what you want to say about Donald Trump, he certainly has done a good job as president. And they take a look at some of the things that need to be done right now and realize that there is no comparison between Trump and Biden. And ask yourself, Quite simply, if you were taking a look at someone who's going to try to ensure that we have world order, who would you rather have? Clearly Trump. If you're taking a look at where we are now, middle America has actually gotten hurt. I know they claim the economy is doing great, everything's great, until they have to recognize that they go to the grocery store and things are so much more expensive. Their whole standard of living is much worse than it was years ago. Because even though people may have had some increases in wages, bottom line is inflation is much worse than the increase in wages. And the problem that we have is that with all this spending taking place, there's no way they can cut taxes. If anything, they're going to have to increase taxes because it won't be long before they talk about how they're going to have to revise Social Security and they can't pay that out because they don't have the money. Revise Medicare and they can't pay that out because they don't have the money. And nobody's paying attention to this reckless spending that the government's doing right now, and it's going to affect us. But ask the simple question, were you better off under Trump or Biden? And most people are going to just realize you're better off under Trump. Yeah, uh, that's definitely the answer I give. You know, uh, you know, I was talking to a, 
uh, an audience today uh, at, a, at an event, and uh, we were talking about how much the federal government is laying out to, to support illegal aliens. And, and I don't know if you know this, uh, but oh, it's four hundred. It's north of four hundred and sixty billion dollars a year. Our defense budget is uh, is nine hundred billion dollars a year now, uh, and we're spending half of that on illegal aliens. We spent two seventy five billion on veterans uh, to take care of the veterans that have done their duty and sacrificed for this country, uh, and we're spending less. You know, half only half of what we spend. On illegal aliens, uh, you know, I think the southern border security uh, is going to continue to grow. It's even surpassed the economy, which surprised me as the number one issue in recent polling. Uh, you know, uh, what are your thoughts on that and how how uh, I know I know the president said he's going to do a find, locate, uh, uh, locate and deport program on all these millions that have come in recently. Uh, but it's got to be more than that. Right. Well, I want you to just think about the real cost. It's not even in dollars and cents. What about the damage that is done to our children? Because people are crossing the border, which encourages drug trafficking. And then you have all these kids dying of fentanyl. And you have the ability of the cartels to just put whatever people they want across the border for their cause. It's a business for them. Only in this case, they can just freely send whoever they want over the border, and it makes it so easy for them to increase the drug trafficking, which is such a damage to the people in this country, particularly our young kids. It's a disaster. I have uh, three young boys. My oldest uh, started college last year, and he's in a situation where he, you have people out there in the colleges that are getting exposed to all this, and it's devastating. And then I have two 15-year-olds that started high school. This is what we call a very disastrous situation in this country, and it's being ignored. They're not taking a look at the ancillary damage in addition to the economic damage. What about in Michigan? We have this group, we have this group that's stealing money. They're going out and they're robbing homes. We have the wealthy areas of Michigan that have never before been trafficked that are now being actually targeted by a South American group, I believe, and they just can cross the border at will because we have no checks or balances. We just let whoever we want cross the border and it's okay for them to come, come rob and pillage, distribute drugs, do whatever. We think that's fine. Absolutely right. Well, let's take another question from the live audience. We've got some hands up over there. Kat, who's next? Uh, Shelly's next. Okay, she uh, clearly does not agree with your guys' position based on the emojis I saw. So go ahead, Shelly. Go ahead. Yeah, I am from Michigan. I've never considered myself a Republican, but I joined the Republican Party to help fix it. And we made Michigan America first, and we put Christina Caramo in there. And then all of a sudden, this Pete guy comes in, and they don't even have a quorum. And they say they take Christina out. Then there's another meeting and 59 people voted her back in. And now he's saying he's in charge. The delegates put Christina Caramo in. And if this is what they're gonna do, all of us America first in Michigan are gonna quit the Republican party. And then what are they gonna do? 
These people are sick. I'm tired of this stuff. You have a question? No, just okay. that. Okay. Uh, well, that's great input, great comment. This is exactly why I wanted to do this show uh, because uh, you know uh, th those are issues. Uh, 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 Perry, uh, what is your plan, and what's uh, uh, what's the plan in Michigan uh, to talk to folks uh, uh, like this caller here uh, and uh, get them to get on, stay on board uh, with us? They haven't left yet, she said, but uh, but it sounds like they're going to. Well, the America First group really. It was started by Trump. So they were essentially Trump supporters. It's very important to understand that uh, Donald Trump realizes the situation. And I don't know that you're going to get anybody that's a whole lot smarter than President Trump. And he recognizes that with Christina, when she got into office, they spent a tremendous amount of money out there in the program that they had. And when they spent all that money, they put themselves in an impossible position. On top of that, they ended up in a position where they didn't raise any money. And when you have somebody in charge, and you have an election coming up, and you see the person in charge is not doing the job that needed to be done, they obviously were concerned. Fortunately, the Republicans put rules in place for something like this, just like we have rules in place where you can remove a president of the United States. And they followed the rules and the procedures because they saw that we don't have time to just pull around here because if we don't get busy and we don't start raising money and we don't start galvanizing the troops, we're gonna be in serious trouble and the RNC has to do something to further the cause. That is the reason that they ended up going through the procedures that were outlined to remove them. For example, let's say you're going to remove a president. When you remove a president, you don't have another popular vote. You don't go and have a re-election where you have uh, 140 million people vote. No, it's decided by the Senate. So you will first have Congress, that's the House, impeach the person, and then it goes to the Senate for trial. So 100 people will decide that. It's not the same people that voted to put the person into office. It is the 100 people in the Senate. And there were procedures that were in place here with the RNC for similar types of arrangements when we have a situation that is disastrous. And they considered it disastrous because we're on the brink of bankruptcy and we can't afford to have the RNC go bankrupt in the state of Michigan when we have an election coming up that's so important. And that's what happened. Well, thanks for taking the time to answer that. The big question I have for folks like our, our friend that asked the, uh, made the comment uh, is, are you going to vote for Donald Trump? And if you're going to vote for Donald Trump, why wouldn't you want to give him the tools like voting for the Republican senator and Congress people in order to do a better job than he was able to do in his first administration because he, he didn't have a strong enough America First Congress uh, to uh, back him up uh, and didn't have a America First or Republican Congress for half of his term either. So that's my big question. Well, we've got to take a break. When we come back, we'll talk about the United Auto Workers and their little endorsement, the economy in Michigan, manufacturing, and on and on into the next segment with Perry Johnson here on PatriotTV.live and X-Space's live audience. We'll be right back.
When I grow up, I want to work for a woke company. Like super woke. When I grow up, when I grow up, I want to be hired based on what I look like rather than my skills. I want to be judged by my political beliefs. I want to get promoted based on my chromosomes. When I grow up, I want to be offended by my coworkers and walk around the office on eggshells and have my words policed by HR. Words like grandfather, peanut gallery, long time no see, no can do. When I grow up, I want to be obsessed with emotional safety and do workplace sensitivity training all day long. When I grow up, I want to climb the corporate ladder just by following the crowd. I want to be a conformist. I want to weaponize my pronouns. What are pronouns? It's time to grow up and get back to work. Introducing the number one woke-free job board in America, redballoon.work. Metro Detroit today to try to garner some critical union support. Now he'll meet with members of the United Auto Workers Union after earning the union's endorsement. And 7 Action News reporter Kiara Hayes joining us live right outside UAW Solidarity House in Detroit this morning with details on the visit. And some of these details have just been released, Kiara. Absolutely, Keenan and Alicia. We can finally say that, yes, President Biden is going to be here in Metro Detroit to meet with, quote, rank and file members of the UAW to see what their priorities are in this upcoming election. Now, this will actually be the first time the president has revisited the Mitten State since he became the first sitting president to ever walk a picket line when he joined the UAW in their strike against the big three. Now, the UAW president, Sean Fain, has made it no secret before, during, and after that strike that he felt that President, or excuse me, that Donald Trump did not feel that he had the true support of the union workers. So Fain, as well as the UAW, officially threw their support behind Biden just last week. Now, we don't know exactly where Biden... Welcome back to the Rob Manus Show on Patriot.tv Live and uh, X Spaces uh, simulcast with our live audience. Uh, thank you all for being here today. And we're talking with uh, former presidential candidate Perry Johnson, who is uh, involved with the uh, new uh, election of the new chairman of the GOP in the state of Michigan, which is probably the key swing state in the upcoming election. It's got to be a powerhouse, so we really need it. Uh, but you know, there's things going on in Michigan like, look, I'm puzzled, uh, Perry, about the UAW endorsement uh, here uh, because, I mean, the president of the UAW called Donald Trump a scab. Uh, and uh, Trump is pretty loved by the union folks that I talk to that are actively working and actively part of unions uh, these days. Uh, but I live down here in the south, uh, not up in Michigan. Well, what's going on with that? Actually, I do think that he has sizable support among the UAW. Uh, let's face it, for the first time, it looks like the Republican Party has now really the support of middle America. And when you take a look at that, you were talking about the working man realizes that they're better off under Donald Trump's leadership than they are under Biden's leadership. And when you have a situation yeah. like that, you tend to win people's votes. Absolutely right. Uh, you know, uh, I mean, Trump spent hours when in his visit uh, during the strike uh, with uh, the rank and file, the, you know, the people on the line, 
uh, and that work, uh, that do the work instead of the union leadership. Maybe he just made the leadership angry and I don't know, but uh, I think he's going to blow Biden away when it comes to unions across the board because, uh, and I wanted to ask you about this since, you, since you're from Michigan and you're so familiar with the manufacturing up there, especially automobiles, uh, you know, Biden's uh, electric vehicle policy is crushing automobile manufacturers when you really look at it because there's just not a market share out there big enough to sustain that uh, and his mandates forcing them to to uh, get involved in this uh, has got to be hurting their bottom lines from what I can tell. Uh, what What is going to be the uh, the approach to that from the Trump campaign's perspective on how to take advantage of that to get people more people out to vote for Donald Trump? I mean, the union workers have to know. I think that's one of the reasons why he's going to win them uh, is that. And what should be done about that policy is my next question. Well, the Let's face the issues with the electric car. Let's just start with it. First of all, we know with the electric car, you probably need 35 to 40% fewer personnel. So obviously, the UAW cannot be super excited about the fact that there are going to be fewer workers to produce the cars. Number two, the biggest component of that car is the battery, cost in the neighborhood of $20,000, sometimes more. The batteries aren't even made in the United States. They're typically bought from China. So we're shipping the money to China, not in the United States, and the UAW is not making those batteries. So factor that in. Then you have the fact number three, with these electric cars, they're actually giving an incentive and the incentive really doesn't do a whole lot because it artificially forces people to want to buy electric cars, but yet they're not doing it here. Why? Because with the electric car, we don't have the infrastructure to even support it. So you drive it and the weather is cold. Let's say you have a day like we did a couple of weeks ago where it is four degrees. Your overall ability to drive that car has a mileage component that is about 40 to 50% less than it would be if it were 80 degrees out. So you never know, are you going to get to your destination or are you going to be stranded when it's four degrees out? So we see that the car industry itself wasn't even making money on electric cars. They make money on the non-electric vehicles, the trucks, the, the SUVs. And now if they make money, if they produce the electric car and they don't make money on it, what, where does that leave the UAW? That means that they can't afford to pay them the money that they want to make. And we can't afford to have the auto industry go bankrupt. So one way or another, there has to be a way around this. They got substantial wage increases. I'm sure they're happy with that. But they're also mm -hmm. not going to be happy if they lose a whole bunch of jobs because of the fact that we have all these electric vehicles being made. Yeah, I mean, the rank and file have to be uh, furious about that. Uh, and again, that's why I think Donald Trump's uh, going to take uh, take the victory uh, on the union crowd. Well, let's go over to the Spaces audience. I see some hands up over there, Kat. Uh, who's next with a question? Go ahead, Doc. Hey, Colonel. It's been a while since I've had a chance to talk to you. Welcome back. Um, hey, uh, Mr. Johnson, it's a pleasure to speak with you as well. Um, up in Michigan, there's a lot of um, shady stuff that's been going on for a while, and I think we've kind of forgotten the uh, the evil year of 2020 and the uh, 
executive orders that governors had just placed about us. Um, there was an executive order 2020-27 that was put out by Governor Whitmore um, that allowed for absentee voting, voting by mail, all of these unconstitutional uh, methods of voting. Um, Trump only lost by about 300,000 votes uh, due to a lot of that. If you look at uh, what's also happened, uh, y'all just passed a law in November um, completely overhauling the voting system. Is there going to be any proactivity by the GOP to make sure that this funny business doesn't happen before the actual election? Because all we've seen throughout our entire history is voting shenanigans in the past tense. We've seen hanging chads and been like, oh my God. We've seen what happened in 2020 with the voting machines shutting down at four and then all of a sudden Biden's our president. So what are we gonna do proactively to help maintain our election as Republicans? Great question. We are gonna have people uh, in the various polling areas. We're gonna monitor much better than we did before. And you'll notice that they aren't going to mass mail ballots like they did before without the people requesting them. You have to request the ballots. Now, there's a limit as to what we can do because we have to follow the law. And anybody is entitled to have an absentee ballot. You don't have to be uh, over a certain age. You don't have to be traveling. Anyone can request that. But you do have to request it now. And that is something that didn't happen before. They literally just mass mailed the ballots. And I think that was a huge problem earlier. Uh, I have one friend of mine who actually got five ballots mailed to his house, five different ballots from five different people. Uh, absurd situation. So when you have situations like that, it calls into question whether or not we're going to have the faith in the elections that we should have. You know, it's kind of interesting. Mexico used to have a huge problem with voting enormous problem because you had the cartels uh, essentially controlling things and in many cases it was claimed the cartels literally stole votes they would take the voting boxes and literally lift them and they never knew whether or not they could trust their elections so they instituted a new law and it's a very interesting law there is no mail-in voting in if you go to mexico you'll find that the number of people voting has increased dramatically because they trust the elections. They actually have a thumbprint. So you have an indelible ink that is put on your thumb that lasts for 24 hours. You have to literally give them that thumbprint. And so you have a record of the voting and you vote in person. And now you have a vote that can really be counted on. There is no question. And now people trust the voting process. And I think we should do everything in our power to make sure that people really have confidence in the voting process itself. So that when we end up with an election, we say, this is an election we can truly trust. Absolutely. Uh, so uh, does Ambassador Hoekstra have a have a, a pathway forward to work in that area of an election integrity uh, from within the Republican Party? Because that's probably the third uh, source of frustration, the greatest, uh, we've already talked about the other two, uh, with the Republican machinery, uh, both at the state and national level, uh, is that there just doesn't seem to be as much, uh, not necessarily concern. They may be concerned, but they're not willing to put the uh, the machinery and the muscle together to protect 
the vote so that it's a good win or a you know or a uh, a loss that's uh, believable you know uh because 2020 was uh it's really destroyed the confidence in the system i think on both sides of the aisle really out here in america uh that's one of the reasons that we wanted pete hoekstra in there you need to take a look at what our objectives are and in order to do that you need to galvanize people you need some money to be able to do that and you have to be in a position where you can then get the people coalesced so that we can monitor the operation just like I had talked about. Because you need to have both volunteers and paid personnel involved. It's very hard to do this with a bankrupt RNC. Absolutely. Well, uh, we got to take our last break, sir. Uh, when we come back, though, we're going to look at the polling numbers, the latest polling numbers in all of these swing states head-to-head -head between Trump and Biden. And you're a numbers guy, uh, so I want to get your take on what's going on with the polling, what you think of it, and uh, the way forward and how we can make it even a wider gap. So I'm Rob Manus here on the Patriot TV Live on Truth Thursday with Perry Johnson, talking all things Michigan and key swing states winning the election for the President of the United States. We'll be right back. What if this happened to you when you're alone? Or what if it happened here? With MedGuard Alert, you're never alone. You can connect with medical professionals anywhere, anytime. And now MedGuard is introducing our exclusive new CareWatch. If you need help quickly, use it from anywhere to contact medical professionals. No cell phone required. The CareWatch is not only a life-saving medical alert device, it's a revolutionary health monitoring system that checks your blood pressure, heart rate, oxygen saturation, and much more. And here's the best part. If you have Medicaid, you may qualify to get your Care Watch for free. The Care Watch is only available through MedGuard Alert. Call us right now. We have monitoring programs starting as low as a dollar a day. The call is free, activation is free, shipping is free, and no contract is required. Remember, with Medicaid, you may qualify to get your Care Watch for free. Don't wait. Call us to get your Care Watch right now. Operators are standing by. The former American President Donald Trump continues to have an advantage over President Joe Biden in the U.S. states that are likely to decide the 2024 White House race. And according to the polls, at least about 48% of the swing state voters trust Donald Trump more than Biden on the question of economy. While 42% said that Biden might actually do a better job. Now, focusing on seven battleground states, the Bloomberg Morning Consult poll reports that the Republican former president's edge over the Democrat incumbent is the biggest in North Carolina, at least about 10 percentage points, and it is the smallest in Arizona and in Pennsylvania at three points. However, on the brighter side for Biden's re-election campaign, at least 53% of the voters in the seven battleground states have said that they would be unwilling to support Donald Trump in the general election if he is found guilty of a crime. And around 55% said that they would not back Trump if he is imprisoned. Now, Trump faces charges in Washington, D.C. and also in Georgia's Fulton country in the election interference cases. He was indicted last year in a hush money case and also a classified documents case. Now, the 45th president has denied any wrongdoing and has argued 
the prosecutions are politically motivated against him. Many Republican voters, in fact, share his views and have rallied around him. Now, as for the upcoming U.S. elections, Nikki Haley remains in the race for the 2024 GOP presidential nomination. However, she's also widely viewed as a long shot. So many analysts have, in fact, moved on to preparing for a Trump-Biden rematch in the general elections. We have to acknowledge the fact that as a military spouse, we lost three of Beyond is now available in your country. Download the app now and get... Welcome back to the Rob Manus Show on Patriot.tv Live. We're talking with former presidential candidate and businessman Perry Johnson from Michigan, uh, uh, the key swing state, uh, uh, about this, what's going on with the Republican Party there, and more importantly, what are we going to do to get Donald Trump reelected, Perry? Uh, those numbers are uh, pretty impressive considering that in 2020, uh, I don't think Trump really led Joe Biden, uh, except for maybe momentarily in, in either a head-to-head poll generally or in these key swing states. What are your thoughts on the numbers that we're seeing? Well, the, I'm a great numbers guy, and the numbers don't really lie here. You can clearly see that those seven states, I guess you've got six of them listed, but uh, you forgot you have North Carolina, Nevada, Georgia, Wisconsin, Arizona, and Pennsylvania. But we also have Michigan, and Michigan. Yeah, which is, is about three points. Right. It, it's a purple state, and there is no doubt that Trump can take Michigan. It is probably going to decide the election, or it may very well, because it comes down just a handful of states. What we have to do is galvanize as a, a group. Let's recognize that we need to give him our support. And instead of squabbling over little things, let's recognize one thing. We don't want Biden in office for another four years. We would like to be able to take over the Senate. And we'd like to be in a position where the House is not sitting there with this brief, very, very weak majority. And in order for that to happen, we have to get together and say, by golly, let's get to work. Let's make it happen, and let's keep America the greatest country in the world. Oh, absolutely. You know, in the in the second part of that opening clip, uh, uh, and I ran this on purpose because the the uh, narrator was talking about the uh, polling numbers about what people will do if Donald Trump's convicted, or 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 if it comes out that he's tr- it's these these allegations become true, etc. Uh, and uh, I'm not so sure that I believe those numbers because, uh, you know, I, I look at different pollsters uh, every day uh, from independents to partisan ones. And uh, uh, those numbers of they'll walk away from Donald Trump if he's convicted or in prison uh, on Election Day just don't seem to add up with uh, the massive uh, it's Trump or die uh, polling numbers because pollsters are actually looking at at that and finding these voters from both sides of the aisle and the independents to say, uh, it's either Trump or I'm not going to vote for anybody else. Uh, so, and those numbers are in the mid to high sixties, depending on which poll, uh, that you're looking at, uh, and which obviously demographic you're talking about. Uh, but that's pretty impressive. I think that's the, the most, what they call sticky Trump voters 
that I've ever seen on any presidential candidate. Uh, uh, do you have confidence in those numbers if he's convicted or put in prison? Well, let's deal with the first issue. Uh, while they may convict him in a given state because we do know there's such bias going on, when it gets to the Supreme Court, and the Supreme Court will hear it, he will not be convicted. So I do not expect President Trump to be convicted of anything. You know, they have been harassing this poor man from the moment he got into office. Let's face it, for two years, they started trumping Russian collusion. They were constantly yep. beating him up. It didn't matter that they... that. For example, we have somebody that can destroy all of the information they have in the emails. That's fine. So Hillary can do whatever she wants. Nothing is done. But heaven forbid about Trump. They were spying on Trump from the beginning. That was illegal, but nobody said anything. After two years, we finally realized that you actually had people in the FBI perjuring themselves. Now, this is absurd, and we find out that it was totally false. So the poor man has been picked upon unmercifully on, from the beginning of time, and there's never been anyone that's been picked upon this much, I don't think, since probably Abraham Lincoln in the Civil War. So we're going back a long time before you have anybody that was ever picked upon like Donald Trump. And then you have a situation where, in the end, this will be taken to the Supreme Court, and I fully expect him to be exonerated. I do not expect him to be convicted, period. I know they love to talk about it and all of this, but I don't expect him to be in prison. I do not expect him to be convicted. And I certainly do not believe he is guilty of any insurrection. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I, uh, matter of fact, I don't think the federal trials are going to happen before Election Day, to be honest with you. Uh, so that's that's a, that's the greatest threat, even though they're false charges, too. Well, let's go over to the audience for one last question before we have to close close out the show. Uh, Kat, uh, who's next with their hand up over there? Joseph, go ahead. Thank you, Manis. Thank you, Kat. And thank you, Perry. You're, this is an amazing conversation. And this topic, actually, I was just thinking about, if anyone is paying attention, they should know that these are political prosecutions that are forces. There's a process for a president with his immunity that deals with what he does in office, as well as the, what are they called, summary judgments by judges, which is, in my opinion, what they're putting him through, is guilty without the uh, possibility of proving innocence. During the, the financial trials on his taxes, all the financial experts say, no, Trump did everything right. When it comes to this woman alleging him of rape, it's not the alleged of rape that he was completely exonerated on. It's the fact that he called her a nut job and she's trying to claim defamation, which there is a Supreme Court case. I just had it on the tip of my tongue, but it def defamation is extremely hard to prove. And I, I honestly think that these are all political smears, and they're trying to throw the entire bowl of spaghetti at the fridge to see what sticks. So with that being said, my question, not to divert from that trial, and this will be on the minds of the American first individuals, whether they're disenfranchised liberals or Republicans that are American first, not the uniparty kind of people, what could we do to really reignite confidence in the GOP Regardless of how it happens, what do we need to do 
to make it more grassroots and not corporate driven? Thank you. It's a good question. Well, bottom line is we can't just sit back and let everybody else do the work. You know, it's fine and dandy to be unhappy with things and then complain. But if you don't do anything about it, if you don't let your voice be heard, then you have no right to complain. Because we are, as Americans, responsible to do whatever we can to kind of move things in the right direction. And it starts by getting out there and talking to people, letting people know what you think, and making it clear that we are going to keep America the greatest country in the world. And the way to do that is to start paying attention to what has made us great to begin with. So we are based on life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness, a country that was a unique country, unlike any country in the history of the world. We were an experiment, but this experiment proved to be amazing. And you look all over the world, we're sitting there with a $27.3 trillion economy, and the other economies are sitting there floundering as we talk today. We, are, we have done things that the world is amazed at. It doesn't matter whether you go back a hundred years and you talk about the automobile or you talk about Vanderbilt and the railroads, or you sit there and you talk about Edison or what is happening today in the internet. We are the leaders of the world. We are the people that have invented things, made the world what it is today. And let's get out there and let's make sure that it continues that way. And to do that, let our voices be heard. Absolutely. Well, sir, thank you so much for spending so much time with us today here on the Rob Mana Show. We've had Perry's uh, 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 handle for X up on the screen when he's on the screen, so you can find it there. Uh, a, a great, smart guy, understands the numbers, and really is going to be an asset to the Trump administration when we get uh, President Trump uh, reelected and is an asset to the Michigan GOP as we speak, and it's going to work very hard. Well, Monday is More War Mondays again. Commander Randy Arrington, former U.S. Naval aviator uh, and uh, retired commander, will be here to talk with us about what's going on in the Red Sea uh, and Iraq, Iran, uh, Syria, and uh, talk about the things that might have gone wrong that led to our unfortunate deaths of three U.S. Army soldiers and two U.S. Navy SEALs. So More War Monday. I'll see you then here on the Rob Manus Show, live at Patriot.tv.